1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
2: Hi everyone. Welcome to the Road to Know Her Podcast. This is a brand new podcast aimed to educate, inform, and empower women so we can take control of our health and well-being. I'm
3: Emmy. And I'm Alex and we're trying to fill in the gaps of knowledge when it comes to our bodies and well-being. And each week we'll sit down with leading experts in the fields of women's
2: health to discuss a wide range of topics including nutrition, contraception, fertility and everything in between. So let's jump in. Hi hi Hiya. How's it going? All good, it's so rainy and grim today. Oh, I'm really yeah. excited about this podcast, it's going to cheer me up.
3: Me too, so we have just finished recording our episode with Dr. Natalia, and it is all about skin. I think skin is so important to talk about. it's obviously a big topic for women. I don't know about you and me, but I feel it's a really tricky one because we're sold the ideal that we're meant to have perfect skin um we're also sold the ideal that we're meant to somehow defy aging as we grow older, and then on top of that, I feel like. There's a lot of skin issues that women have, um, whether it's down to hormone fluctuations or childbirth or whatever it is. But it seems that we get a lot of the arse end of it in terms of skin as well.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think there's so much pressure. And especially after this episode of recording with Natalia, I feel like a huge sense of relief. I think she spoke through so many different skin issues that women are faced with as a result of hormones, childbirth, all of those different things. And it's actually quite good to know that we don't have to be sold in by all these TikTok videos, Instagram videos, that we have to have every skincare product under the sun. Like we can actually just use normal products and go see a dermatologist and get their actual medical advice rather
3: than I listening know. to everything online. <laughs> Honestly, this episode has blown my mind slightly. I think I actually need time to sort of digest it all and decompress because spoiler alert, she sort of turns everything on its head and turns out a lot of the beauty industry is sort of based on just really good marketing and we don't need half the things that we think we need. I mean... What's your skincare routine like at the moment, Emmy? And what I will it be like after so this episode? I'm
2: so embarrassed. In the episode, will be cute. So. I have the longest skincare routine. Oh, go on, and it tell was me. It's one thing that I was like really, really proud of my skincare routine. Now it's all just complete
3: rubbish. <laughs> I mean, you do have fantastic skin, but maybe you'd have fantastic skin anyway. Well, it's time to Zesta. it. I feel like yeah. i
2: got to go with, go with her advice for a bit and I want to see what happens. Should we get into it? Let's do it. We are so excited to share this episode with you. Dr. Natalia is a UK-trained practicing consultant dermatologist with a master's in aesthetic medicine.
3: She is also a frequent part of the specialist clinic on Channel 5's Skin A&E and she has just written a book called Skin Intelligent, which helps people navigate the confusing world of skincare. One thing we spoke to Dr. Natalia about
2: is myth-busting and actually going against everything that we see on social media and everything that we're trained to hear as women, that we have to use a hundred different products, spend hundreds of pounds, and actually she gave us the no-nonsense chat about what actually we can do to look after our skincare. So
3: without further ado, here is our episode on skin. We
2: hope you enjoy it. Hey Natalia, it's so fabulous having you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really wish this was a video podcast because behind Natalia is a wall covered from floor to ceiling in degree certificates. So we really do know that we've got the best of the business here. And actually that's kind of where I wanna start. The world of skincare seems like a little bit of a minefield with every man and their dog trying to give us advice. And obviously it'd be great if everyone was as qualified as you, but I know that's not possible. So what are the things we should be looking out for to make sure that we're getting the right advice from professionals and not false
1: information? Yes, yeah, so I would, I would, a true skin expert, and this might be because I am one of them is is someone who's a consultant or board certified dermatologist. So we are truly people who spend years and years literally um, studying and taking exams and seeing patients and understanding skin in health and disease so you're looking for, I mean, ideally you'd want a doctor. So anyone who's like a journalist, who's made a skincare line, not a skincare expert. No, you know, no. Someone who's written a book about skincare, but like it's mostly journalists and like um beauticians who do it and and no offense to beauticians, like aestheticians are very useful. But when it comes to like diagnosing and managing actual skin disease, um, they're not really your ideal person because they have, they're, they're trained by skincare companies. So all beauticians and are you know, so they, they're they extremely biased in, in their viewpoint. And I'm meant to not be biased. So, <laughs> I meant to just yeah. look at what actually works um, and not just sell random crap. If you have an actual skin problem, like legit, like, a, you know, 99% of the population at one point in their lives will have an actual skin problem, whether it's on their face, their body, their scalp, their vulva, you know, anywhere in that territory. Um, and that that is a dermatolo- dermatological problem. And so you want an expert in that area dermatologists board certified or consult dermatologists are the only true true skincare experts
3: that's Amazing. so good to know because also there are so many people out there who they give skin advice and then they bring out their own lines and I can never work out so <laughs> if they sort of like yeah if it's really that altruistic but I fall for it so much and it's really good to have yeah an unbiased person speak about it I mean the,
1: the up mark on skincare like markup is just tremendous like it costs about a company like L'Oreal will make a bottle of CeraVe or Cetaphil or whatever, um, you know, facial cleanser for about 50p from start to finish. And they, <laughs> so even, so they sell to you for six pounds, you're like, oh, that's a really good deal. Not really, because the the company's making like a 600% profit off of that, you know. So it's, it's just mad because it's a quantity of scale. Yeah. So the more, if a company produces, you know, L'Oreal, for example, they sell 500,000 bottles, I think roughly of CeraVe a month globally. If you're making 500,000 bottles of something, you're going to be not paying a lot for each bottle. You know, that's, that's really cheap to produce. So then, you know, these companies make just absolute fortune. So someone who's selling you a face cleanser for 85 pounds is ripping you off like just across the board. Like anyone who's trying to sell you a little, a bottle of something for like 55 pounds, like that's the packaging itself cost is the most expensive part of it. That's like, you know, 20 pence. <sighs> Oh yeah, it's gosh. just it's just such a scam it's like unreal it, yeah, it, drives, me crazy. it drives me crazy
2: my partner is going to be so happy because I spend so much money on yeah. skincare and he's like yeah, this so... doesn't make any sense like you yeah. look exactly the yeah. same
3: <laughs> you, you look turning, lovely but
1: you look exactly the
3: same <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is turning everything I know on its head honestly I thought it was always you get the skincare that you pay for and all of that but no to make a skincare line from start to finish, it's it you really you need
1: to like a spare twenty thousand pounds. Like it's not a ridiculous amount of money either. So anyone can start a skincare line, like anybody, with a good marketing idea and a concept, you know, you can pretty much have whatever you want because most skincare lines are private label anyway. So they use the so you go to one company and you say, Hi, this is the brand I want. This is what my idea is. They'll be like, Okay, well, here's a couple moisturizers. Which one do you like? And what would you like the packaging to be? Would you like glass, plastic? Pink, blue, blah, blah, blah. so I can so yeah. So that's why that. it's so annoying. So that's why celebrities, any celebrity or anyone, can just create a skincare line and then just put like "oh, vegan" and you know, organic on the label, and suddenly it sells like twenty thousand in like a year. It's just not. I mean, it's just <sighs> insane.
3: This is why I'm so excited for this episode, because I think, especially women, we fall into a trap because we, you know, we're meant to have the best skin, we're meant to have perfect skin. And recently, there's that trend on TikTok where you have like glass-like skin. And as well as that, we're not meant to age. And as well as that, because of all the products that we use, we then end up getting skin conditions that we didn't have previously. So I think we just set these unattainable standards. Yeah, I mean I think you can
1: you can talk about the first subject. It's a straightforward thing, like what what is the best skincare? What should I be using? Is this all actual crap? And the answer the simple answer is yes, it's all crap. You don't need any of this stuff. There is no such thing as essential skincare, no matter what the companies are telling you, you don't need to have two cleansers and three moisturizers and four serums and a mask for daytime and nighttime and whatever, you know, none of that, you know, your skin does not require any of that. You could just leave it alone. And one thing I often do with patients when they come with a lot of different problems with with their face, if there's facial skin, usually facial skin is I just, the first thing I do is I'm like, all right, let's just stop everything. So take every product you have and put it in a box and hide it in the attic. So you can't get to it if you want to. So you have to like actually work for it if you really (laughs) want it. So hide it away somewhere, give it to someone else or like, whatever, lock it somewhere you can't get to it. And then just take two weeks off skincare completely, like literally nothing. So they're like, well, what about cleansers? I'm like, no, you can just, what about wear makeup? Yes. Just don't worry about removing it. You know, just leave it alone. You know, don't cleanse. Don't do anything. That's it. And just for two weeks, just do it with me. We'll do it together while I don't do it. But, (laughs) you know, I'll I'll cheerlead you through this. And then you come back in two weeks and we'll have a look at what your skin looks like. And And usually- it Like fifty percent of the problem is gone. Wow. You, I mean, this is not everyone, but a lot of patients have this. So they're used they have a skin condition, then they go and try to find a solution to it through skincare, TikTok, whatever, and then they start to use the products, and then things just start getting worse and worse, and they use more products to deal with a new problem, and then you just get this like cycle, um, and then you have to get someone to just stop everything and just say, okay, just stop everything, let your skin chill out, and then we'll see what happens from that point onwards, and then we'll treat whatever is left over.
2: I can literally hear my bank account thanking you.
1: Yeah. This is unbelievable. Oh my gosh. No, a lot of people say that. But I mean, with cleansing, for example, the whole trend for double cleansing, you know, that's completely crazy. Your skin doesn't like water. You know, Your skin doesn't like cleansers. It just removes the surface oil. It just removes what's supposed to be there. So double cleansing is totally insane. Like that's just a, like a creation of the skincare. That's a brilliant business. Like it's just genius. It's kind of like it's Nespresso. Smart. Yeah, really
3: great marketing yeah.
1: that. <laughs> great marketing. Like Nespresso, we have the best coffee, but you have to buy our pods forever. And yeah. you're stuck. Like that's pretty much what. it's Like it's amazingly, like, brilliant business thinking. But that's not good for people.
2: If you think about your sort of daily routine, say you've got no skin problems, you've got quite good skin. What what would be the daily routine or essentials that you have to have?
1: So there's no real essentials aside from and what everyone say. Well, what about sunscreen? Yeah. So if you go outside. <laughs> During the day. So.
3: <laughs> most of us do, Which not most everyone. people,
1: not everyone does that. So when you go outside, yes, it is not a bad habit to wear sunscreen every day. Um, if you are sub- subjected to any kind of UV light, especially if you're very fair skinned, you know, then your risk of skin cancer and aging increases because you're fair and you will get more sun damage earlier on than someone with darker skin. Then yes, it's not essential because not everyone has to have it, but, uh, most people would benefit from using a sunscreen daily. We know that protects you in the long term, various uh, bad things of sun. So that's one thing, but it's not, I I don't like to use the word essential for anything, Uh, but you don't need an expensive sunscreen. You don't need a fancy one, you know, the, the, the three pound one from Boots or whatever. If you like that product. And, it, you know, you like the way it feels and you like the look of it, then, you know, whatever, then just buy that one. Because they're, they're all pretty much, they're regulated. So sunscreens are pretty much all the same, at least in the UK and Europe. So basically it doesn't matter which one you buy. Because was like, what's the best sunscreen? Like the best sunscreen is the one you like to use and the one you can afford. Because to me, I don't care if it's a cream gel, foam, like whatever. As long as you use it and use it correctly, that's all I really care about. So um that's always what I say. Same with moisturizer, same with cleansers. These products all do the same thing. A moisturizer moisturizes regardless if it costs 300 pounds, 20 pounds, or what brand it's from. If you like something that feels more greasy, then you're going to use that. You know, if you like something lighter weight, then you use that. I mean, they all do the same thing. So if you were to look at the ingredients, they're pretty much all the same. So um there is nothing. Else, I know. <laughs> no, this is actually but but blowing my mind. Blowing. Blowing. I can't believe it. If you've ever been bored and you want to go into boots or whatever and just – read the labels so I can pick out from you from an ingredient label what the actual ingredients are and what's just fluff added for marketing and sales. So, you know, you add green tea, broccoli extract and snail serum and, you know, diamond dust. And then it's like, ooh, the price has gone up to 500 pounds a pot. Woo!
2: I always so- think of like products like The Ordinary. Do you know how they just have like what's in it and they're really affordable? Are those good products for using?
1: No, because it's not just that product. So if you were to look at the ingredients on those bottles, they say it's like a pure hyaluronic acid. It's not a pure hyaluronic acid. If you look at the actual ingredients, they're, they're really complicated products um and the price point is very very low that doesn't mean you need to use them all but that's what people do because uh, they're like five pounds a bottle so <laughs> everyone buys everything um, yeah yeah which is not ideal. Uh, so, but the ordinary has propagated a real strong confusion in skincare because they make these routines really complicated and they're like water based, oil based, then put this on there. You know, if you've ever looked at the skincare plans, I mean, oh my God, I'm like, what is this for like someone who has a physics degree? Like, this is a chemistry. You know, it's, it's like, it doesn't need to be this complicated. Like, I don't know what you people are trying to achieve, but it's a brilliant business and they've done extremely well. So, you know,
3: fine. This is honestly, I am finding this fascinating. I think I terrible. need to take a stop because I, so I'm a self-confessed <laughs> skincare junkie. And you. for so long, I became obsessed with it, and much like we're talking about with the ordinary, I really delved into these skincare plans, and I was like, okay, so I need an AHA for top layer exfoliation, a BHA for <laughs> second layer exfoliation, then I need my my vitamin C's for pigmentation, and all these things. And then, much like we quickly spoke about earlier, is I got really, really bad perior dermatitis. Oh, yeah. And it was terrible. It was all over my face for years. And I just kept on putting on the skincare, hoping that it would balance out the perior dermatitis. I was like, just adding a bit. And it got to the point where I was basically, this is terrible. I should, I should say sorry to them. I basically became a skincare advisor for my friends. And I was like, you don't understand the ordinary. <laughs> I do. Don't worry, I've got this, guys. <laughs> like make little plans with them, so I'm going to write an apology oh, that's, letter after that's this. Cute, <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I stopped using everything, and everything got better. So I haven't used anything on my face properly for about six months now, and everything's been pretty much fine, bar the odd spot here and there. So are we saying now that we don't need the HAs, we don't need the BHAs, we don't need any of that?
1: No, you don't need any of that. And I mean, it didn't. It, you are a typical, I'm sorry, uh, a classic example of someone who I see. Yeah. So you'd come in with your, your bag of skincare or people take photographs now to not have to bring all the stuff in. But a lot of people still be- bring it. I had a patient yesterday who brought me literally a bag full and said, which, what are these products should I use? I'm like, you have four different toners in here. And it was a guy actually. And he was like, yeah, one is a BHA, one is a 10% AHA, one's an 8%, one's a PHA. I was like, you know, what are you, are you a chemist? And he's like, no, no, I just love skincare. But uh, yeah, no, none of those things are necessary because they're, they're, if you think about them as like, I hate to use this phrase, but targeted treatments. So you need a product if you, or certain medicine. If you think of alpha hydroxy acids as being medicines, which they are, let's say you need a certain medicine. It's for a purpose. So like you wouldn't treat, for example, cholesterol with six different anti-cholesterol drugs because we have one that works really well.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, Actually, we really have two. Point. Yeah, but you, people only really just use one. So, I mean, blood pressure is slightly different. We have a couple different blood pressure medicines, but that's because they come, they work on different parts of the high blood pressure problem. So whether you need a diuretic or whatever. So really we use targeted treatments in medicine, like for specific problems. Like there's one chemotherapy agent for this specific cancer. Like we don't have 10 of them and put them all in you because that would be crazy because you'd probably die. So, you know, you do one treatment, right? So when I have patients come to me like, okay, all that we need to do is we just need to treat the problem. So the first step is diagnosing the problem. So what is, your, do you have perioral dermatitis? Why do you have perioral dermatitis? What is it that's triggered that? Sometimes I don't know. So I, I'm usually like, it's all your skincare, but sometimes we can see it. Like I had a, a, a child who was using an asthma, an asthma inhaler, but he wasn't using it correctly. Um, so he was spraying the steroids all over his face basically because no one had taught him. He was like 14. No one had taught him how to you know, I don't know if you've used an inhaler, mm. but how to use an inhaler. And so he was like, literally, like as if it was like face spray. Because <laughs> I was like, "Do you have an inhaler?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Can you show me how to use your inhaler?" And he was like, "Yeah." And he basically puffed it in his face. I was like, "It's Aww. not going in your lungs, so it's going." How is all that kid here. not had an asthma attack yet? <laughs> yeah, I, t- I think he may have not needed the inhaler, but anyway. So then he had this all this stuff here, and I was like, "Yeah." So this is from this is a classic example of peri oral dermatitis simulated by topical steroids. And that's mm. not weird at all. So, with that child or teenager, I was like, "Yeah, this is the problem. This is what you are going to do." And done. So, basically, within a week, it was gone. But so, so most I like to, I, I like to work with my patients and come to that
3: diagnosis, and then the underlying cause, if there is one, and then treat that problem. Makes so that leading on to sort of then why the different life stages of women and how that affects our skin. Yeah, women develop acne when they go through menopause because they their estrogens, uh,
1: everything goes out of whack because the estrogens go down. That's what menopause is, basically. It's a, a lack of estrogen. Um, and then your testosterone will then... The, the skew changes. So you have more testosterone relative to estrogen. Because your, your oil glands also have like estrogen receptors. So there's everything else going on there, too. Um, so when that, so women can develop acne around the menopause, again, when they're pregnant, after pregnancy, before... So anytime there's a change,
3: basically. So, right, yeah. Which Sorry. we, I feel like we change every twenty-eight days, or like every yeah. four days, you go into a different part of that cycle. So yeah. basically, mm-hmm. we're fucked. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. No, but it's always it's always
1: interesting when women come in in their forties and they're like, "I never had acne before, ever, and now I'm getting acne, and it's driving me like crazy." Obviously, I'm not a teenager; I look like a teenager, and that's yeah. so common. And it it's just like, well, you're going through menopause, and like, no, but I'm forty-five. <laughs> like, well. You know, oh, no. it's starting. So yeah. sorry, um, but yeah, I mean that started I I see a lot of women develop um, acne around their forties, into their into their mid forties.
3: And is that controllable? When it's that ha- I'm like searching for the little thread of hope here. I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if that happens, and I just treat you like acne, like an acne
1: patient. So people are like, oh, well, is there a different treatment for you know when you're postmenopausal or when you're 50s? Acne treatment is the same across all age groups and genders because we're not treating your hormones unless you use a pill or something like that. What I when I treat acne, I generally use isotretinoin, which is roaccutane, and that works primarily. Well, it works by shrinking oil glands down, and it's the over. Overactive oil gland that results in acne in everybody. So then you're producing too much oil, and that generates a cascade of activity, which leads to a spot to form. So then, if you reduce that oil, you stop the oiliness. You're going to correct the acne problem. So the treatment is the same regardless of age. Yeah, that's So yes, there know. is hope. Good. Yay.
3: Thank you. But you won't
1: find it at like a self-purchase beauty hall. Yeah. Yeah. Not through double cleansing, <laughs> yeah. No, not through double cleansing and using six <laughs> different serums, including niacinamide <laughs> and azelaic acid. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's good.
2: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: And to, <laughs> Talking of hope, I feel like the main reason that all women spend all this money on beauty products is because the fear of aging. I am absolutely terrified of aging and I'm like, What is And I think that's why like all these videos are promoted on social media being like, if you use all of this, you're going to age like a fine wine and you won't need (laughs) Botox and you won't need any of this. And I'm like, what actually are the, what is actually happening to our skin when we age? And what are the things that we can do to help it? And... Can we talk about Botox as well? I'm super Yeah,
1: happy. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, of course you can talk about Botox. Botox is amazing. Uh, it, it does exactly what it says it's going to do. When you go for your Botox treatment, you don't want to have to worry that they're injecting into the wrong muscle and you're going to leave with, like, some kind of a weird problem. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, so aging, it's like, I'm 42, right? So I think you guys are a bit younger than that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 30. Okay. Yeah. 30. Okay. I'm You
2: have amazing skin, my <laughs> gosh.
1: Well, thank you. Um, but, so, yeah, I mean, aging, like... It's something that I never really thought about, about myself, which is a bit strange is I only ever thought of aging in context of patients and I never really recognized it in myself. So I still think I look like I did when I was 25, which is probably not true, but I honestly do. You really yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But I'm always of the mind, like, well, you know, we're all getting older and it's just part of life. Yes, we can control it to a point, but you have to just come to terms with the fact that, you know, you are going to age and your face will change. So what's happening is you change. The two biggest um, external causes of aging are sun exposure and smoking. So as long as you avoid the sun and you don't smoke, um, then you're on a good path. You also need to choose your parents wisely. So if your parents aged badly, you will too. So, so good. So, yeah, if you look at your, your parents, you're like, oh, God, you know, my dad has a really saggy upper lid and my mother has really bad jowls. Well, unfortunately, that's probably where you're going to head down, too. So, and there's not a oh, lot you can do about that. You know, that's just that if you're, if you're both your parents have, you know, losing hair, you're probably going to lose your hair, too. And it's just your genetics, just like you develop you got your eye color, your ability to do math and drive, like, you know, or not drive, that you, you inherited from your parents. So, you also inherit these things. Um, and that's something you can't control obviously, but you can help yourself along because wrinkles are caused by movement of skin, right? Movement of your face. So wrinkles are like one of everyone's biggest concern. The way to stop having wrinkles form is to not move your face. So yeah, so sunlight, yeah, I know. Sunlight, um, smoking, obviously that breaks down collagen and elastin in your skin, just like it does with your lungs, for example, with smoking. So that will Aid in the sagging of your 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 whole facial structure as you get older. Um, gravity does that too. So those are underlying causes for facial change or aging skin. So for example, if you look at your if you've never gone on a sunbed and never gone sunbathing naked, if you look at your butt skin, that's your best non aged skin. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, so if you look at yeah. if you think about. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever look behind you yeah. in the mirror? Yeah. So it's really smooth. It's really like not wrinkly. It does get a bit wrinkly as you get older. But even like older people, like 70s and 80s, they'll have really smooth. But I, I don't look like at people's butt all the time. But when <laughs> I do a full skin check, right for skin cancer, I happen to I have to look at on the you know people's butts as well so i look at the skin i'm like wow the skin's always so smooth and like non-sun like there's no pigmentation marks there's it's it's a little bit crepey but not someone's adf right i expect that but generally speaking it's very smooth so this is your your sun damaged aged skin and then this is your non-sun damaged Mm -hmm. non-aged skin so you can see the profound effect that sunlight for example has on your aging skin i mean i have i don't i never go in the sun but i did when i was younger you develop most of your sun damage from before the age of 25 so what you did when you were 12. Yeah, I know. Oh, Garibold. gosh.
3: I didn't have any sunscreen for like the first yeah,
1: 20 years. <laughs> so wrinkles are caused by facial movement, as well as all the other like collagen lesson, but mainly facial movement. So you, every time you move your forehead up, you create lines in your forehead. And if you do that continuously for years and years, from the age of a young child all the way till you're 50, you will develop crevices or creases in the skin from just constantly folding the skin. So if you think of it, when you fold a sheet and you leave it there for weeks, you'll be really hard to get that freaking crease out of that sheet. You know, you need a lot of like heavy duty ironing. So the same occurs with skin. So you develop these creases. So what we want to do to stop you from developing a crease in your skin, whether it's around your frown area, around the crow's feet or the forehead is to stop you moving the muscle. And that's what Botox does. It just relaxes the muscle. So you can't raise your eyebrows. You can't frown. You can create crow's feet lines, and you just basically stay smooth, so the skin will then just like if you were to undo a sheet that's been folded for a long time, if you just left it alone for like probably months the 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 creases will then go away on their own same same with same with skin um that's why the idea of like face yoga is so stupid. <laughs> Or like Face Not, Gym.
2: Yeah, Face Gym. Everyone's been going yeah. on about Face wow. Gym. Wow,
1: Yeah, because like I'm like, why would you want to make your muscles on your face stronger? Because that's just going to mean you make more lines on your skin. I don't understand this concept. So it's sold oh no, beautifully wow. well. I mean, it's it, really well marketed. It well. It's really well marketed because yeah. they use great filters and stuff um, to show <laughs> the before and afters. But in reality, if you think about what you're actually doing, it's like you don't want to move your face that much. That's what Botox yes. does. It stops you moving your face. You pay for that. So why are you going to wow. go to somewhere else and pay for something, someone to move your face for you? You know, it's just so
3: stupid. <laughs> very counterproductive. Yeah. it's and very counterproductive. gua sha then? <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that just
1: like, you know what? I, I once made so much fun of that, that I was like, well, let me just use a chapstick. I have one here and roll it on my face. will do the same thing. Oh, I can't get out of my thing. But like, if you just take like a pen, <laughs> You know, like, our, like this is. I'm, I'm really helping my aging skin here. Like, what? You look ten <laughs> yeah. years younger already. I look ten years younger. I mean, come on. I mean, do I have to buy one of those stupid go? Can I just use like a highlighter? Like, do you know what I mean? They're like a pen. Like, it's just nonsense. I'm I just like, what? Who came up with this crap? Like, those, those things sell really well. It's one of the best yeah. sellers on on Amazon. The stupid yeah. rollers. I have two <laughs> <laughs>
3: I have three, and I've got a roller. Like a oh g- no way!
1: Roller.
3: Yeah, that's I mean, one thing. That's why you like. Do you around. know how
2: everyone speaks about microneedling
1: Does okay. that work? So, so micro is um, literally creating holes in the skin with the idea of generating collagen and elastin to repair it. So, the idea, like when you go to the gym and you lift weights, you tear down the muscle so it builds back stronger and, and whatever bigger. So that works for muscle. It doesn't work so well with skin. So,
3: um,
1: because you, if let's say say let's pretend it does work. Okay, let's pretend if you. Stick a bunch of needles in your dermis. So the skin is made up of the top, the epidermis and the dermis. The dermis, the second layer, is a thick bit where the collagen is, and that's what gets thinner or changes as you age. So that's the elastin the collagen sitting in there. So let's say if you poked around in that dermis a lot, you'd stimulate a repair response. Let's just pretend, because it's almost certainly not true. But let's just say you have to get the needle into the dermis. Okay. So microneedling, at least in the UK, if you're not a doctor, you cannot microneedle beyond two millimeters. Two millimeters is like. Not a lot. Okay. So if you, you can buy a two millimeter derma stamp on Amazon yourself and you can just, you know, stamp it along. So you're not actually doing anything because you're not getting deep enough in the skin. You're just causing redness and irritation and, and pain without actually achieving oh, anything because you have to get into the dermis. And in order to, to know you're there, you almost certainly have to have bleeding because it's where the blood vessels are. So if you're not right. drawing blood with your microneedling, and you're you're not really going deep enough.
3: Wow, sorry, this is so this interesting. No one will tell
1: you that. I yeah. yeah,
3: I feel like this whole the whole beauty industry is sort of held up on false standards and false claims at the moment. It's really scary. Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely, there's only a few things that actually do what they say they do. Botox is one of them. So Botox is a brand name. So we probably should say neurotoxin. But so neurotoxin or botulinum toxin that actually really does the job because I I mean I explained why it works well. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 deals with the underlying problem which is the muscles moving and you're creating the lines. So you have to deal with the underlying problem. So there, there's a lot wow. of I mean I'm, I'm trying I'm not trying to be like Debbie Downer and say everything's crap. But for the most part most of it is just like smoke and mirrors and you know voodoo medicine. Yeah.
3: So just the last one, like retinol, is that crap?
1: Oh, yeah. No, so, okay, but retinol. So, okay, they're vitamin A derivatives, right? So retinol or that family is a vitamin A derivative drug, just like racutane is a vitamin A derivative drug. And they're very useful for skin. Okay, so vitamin A is really useful. We have retinoic acid receptors on our skin cells. So we know that it causes a, um, a whole DNA change in the skin, which is great. So we know that they do work. However, the one that works is retinoic acid. So that's the active drug. If you buy a retinol product, so retinol is not the right word, but let's just say that it's the right word. So retinol, because that's what you guys think about when you buy it, like a serum from Boots or whatever. If you buy a retinol product, that's a downstream vitamin A derivative. So it has to be converted into an active retinoic acid in the skin to work, which basically means it doesn't work. So I did a review study of this uh, about two years ago that I published, and I looked at all the evidence base for over-the-counter downstream vitamin A derivatives, like clinical trials, um, because they're being sold way more than actual retinoic acid now for a lot more money. So there's a lot of money being made within an industry within this area. Um, cause everyone's selling a retinol product or like six of them. So I'm sorry, it's like, everyone's selling about a million of retinol products. So, um, and they're, they're, they're expensive. They're not, these are not cheap products. So I was like, is there an evidence base for this? And there are only nine randomized control trials looking at vitamin A derivatives that are published over the past 20 years, nine. So that's not a lot. <laughs> so you would mm. never get a medicine passed through the FDA or MHRA with nine randomized controlled trials. You, you almost certainly need a bigger cohort, at least a thousand patients. I think the total patient number was like 234 across all nine. And they were just really poor quality studies. I think six of them are sponsored by industry. So by skincare companies. What? Yeah, I mean that immediately just, if, if I read a study that's sponsored by the company that makes the product being studied, Then I'm like, well, no, I just, I'm going to ignore this. So (laughs) (laughs) goodbye. Huge red flag. Yeah, I need like an independent study. And even if it looks independent, if you look at the names of the people who wrote the paper, and I had to do this with this, I had to go and look through all their history. And in the end, you still find that they're connected to the skincare company because there's no regulation with this. You know, so you can have a like a subsidiary group of some of L'Oreal that's called something totally different. And then you can say that you're not associated with L'Oreal legally. So anyway, so I did that and it was basically like, Actually, they have no impact on skin at all. Um, you're much better off using a proper retinoic acid, which in this country is a prescription medicine, but it's much cheaper than actual over-the-counter cosmetic products. So, yes, you have to pay a doctor to see them. Okay. But at least you'll get, you know, a relatively cheap prescription for a product that's, you know, a tube of I can get you a tube of tretinoin for like 17 pounds. You know, I mean we're not talking and it will last you for like a year.
2: <laughs>
1: and <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And how do you what do you say to
2: the, if you go to the GP, are you like, I'm I need to help my aging. <laughs> Can I
1: prescribe this to me. <laughs> no, so so they won't do that. So they they won't do that because you cannot they won't pres- and the NHS at least they won't prescribe cosmetic treatments through the NHS. So you can't your GP will say no for two reasons. One is that it's not on the NHS formulary, but also because, um, well, it's a cosmetic product, but most GPs just don't know anything about retinol or retinolic acid. So they won't be able to prescribe something they don't understand or know how to use. So really, you need to see a dermatologist or or someone who does, well, ideally do you know, a dermatologist, uh, or like a cosmetic doctor who knows how to use these types of
3: me- they're medicines in the end. You know, Yeah, it causes a physiological change in the skin. It's so interesting to think of your body as an actual to think of it as, a, as you're a patient and you've got mm. some skin complaints or skin issues and then you're treating them with medicine rather than as you say just piling 10 things on your skin at night and just hoping that you wake up a different person <laughs> and doing some face rolling yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get the serum to like absorb better
1: yeah <laughs> yeah Honestly, wow. that
2: TikTok aging filter terrified me. I was like doing my little exercises, like doing all my stuff. Cause I was like, yeah. oh my God, is God. that what I'm going to look like? <laughs>
3: no, um, um, I think we're running out of time, but I would just love to ask about your book. Oh, it's yeah. intelligent. And what can people expect from it? I'm hoping more of the same. More of yeah, the same. more of the no same. Nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, so not more of the same. And
1: it's basically like, going into detail with a lot of the topics we talked about today. So for example, there's a chapter on perioral dermatitis and explaining how you diagnose it and how you manage it. So I, you know, I I tell, I tell you everything. Like I I don't hold back with treatment. I mean, obviously you have to go to your doctor to get a prescription, but I tell you what to do because it's like, you know, there's a standard treatment that works really well. Um, So the book is basically goes through the path of physiology, like how skin functions in health and disease, how aging happens, why it happens And I everything's evidence-based. So there's about 450 references. It's very heavily referenced. Yeah, so I didn't write a single, almost a single statement. Well, except if it's my opinion, then I did write, this is my opinion. But um, I didn't write a single statement that had does does not have somewhere that it came from, which is a legitimate source. So I also had to obviously check to make sure they were legitimate sources. Because a lot of them aren't, you know. And it took me about four years to write that book. So it it wasn't as if I just like whipped it together overnight. Um, It was like years and years of kind of, learning things myself as well and, and kind of being like oh, hold on a second what's niacinamide really like do we yeah. does it really do anything what's the evidence base why are we using this product what is it meant to do <laughs> like going really back and I tried to make sure I went with a very um I, I guess a, a, an unbiased mindset uh so whenever I approach well I try really hard to do this to not be to not come from a place of bias but if I look at it like there's a new skincare product someone asks me to look at um then I try to go on, like don't don't have your pre-judgment ideas you know go into unbiased you know have a look at the ingredients what is it meant to do Does it do what it meant to, what is it meant to do so I, I tried really hard to stay say as unbiased as possible so anyway that's, that's what the book amazing. is so basically and I talk about cosmetic so treatments there's a whole there's a, the last section is all about aesthetics and anti-aging
3: amazing well we're going to put the link to the book Stop in the bio thinking. as well and it feels yeah. sounds really needed because it must be so frustrating hearing all these claims being battered around by influencers, and you know we' we've fallen for them, and everybody falls yeah. for them, and it's Everyone very dangerous and it's, it's dangerous both for your skin and also for your purse. <laughs> I can't believe how much we're brainwashed mm. into this whole marketing and
2: how it is just really good marketing from all really these companies being marketing. like, you have to have double yeah, plans. Smart. It's, <laughs> it's really
1: well done. I mean, the, the levels to which these companies will go to understand the consumer is just unreal. If they put that energy into anything else, you know, they could change the world.
3: This has been so useful. Thank you so much. It really did. Really it really has. It's already changed approach. that
1: whole
2: mentality on skincare. On Thank skin you girl. very much. Thank, Thank you. So it's lovely to meet
3: you guys. Bye.
1: Have, have a good
2: evening. Have a lovely evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye.